Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about the issues that matter most to you. Now, let's get started. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. I'm so excited that you're here. I have a good friend named Tony Collier with me today. Yay! Um, she came up from Atlanta with her husband, and we've had a really good time recording a previous podcast, but now yes. this one is for you guys. Hey, ladies! Yep. Tony is uh, based in Atlanta, and she and her husband have so many different ministries, but Tony, I want you to tell me specifically some yeah. of the things that you do. I surely will. So I am what we would call a communicator at North Point. So I get to speak for middle school, high school environments, special events and services. I get to open up for adults. And then here recently, I have started to um, speak to women, mm-hmm. which has been really crazy. So um, hosting as well. Lots of hosting is actually my favorite thing to do. So welcoming out the service, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I also have... I'm a student hat, so I speak at just camps and FCAs. I started off at FCA. Actually, I was a youth pastor. Mm -hmm. Um, And so working with that, and then I am the co-founder along with my husband of our organization called The Resource Group. So our tagline is, we connect Christian organizations and leaders to resources that help them grow. So we have companies like North Point and Orange, um, as well as the Atlanta Braves, Matrix Residential, and a company called Bright Peak Financial, which is my favorite right now. Mm. Um, don't tell anybody. <laughs> but it is an organization that is helping couples, Christian organization that works in finances, helping couples tell a better love and money story. Mm. And it's really cool because the organization looks at things in this five-dimensional way about money. And so it's not only practical, it's not only like checkbooks and savings and all that good stuff, but it's also behavioral and cultural and emotional and then spiritual as well. And so Mm -hmm. we're on a tour right now with Dave Barnes and John Acuff. So Sam and I, my husband and I are both hosting it. Wow. Um, So we just did our first one this past Thursday. Mm -hmm. And then we have Mariner's Church coming up and just some different things. So it's been really cool. So all those things. And then, of course, I'm a mom. I have a three and a half year old strong-willed blessing named Dylan that gives me a run for my money every single day from She's dusk till dawn. So cute. <laughs> she is a precious little soul. But um, so yeah. Yeah. So I know that so will you expand on that for a minute? So money, are you talking about not just balancing your checkbook, but are you talking about ministering to each other by gifts or I don't I don't no, I mean, I and I, know it is pretty, mean. it's pretty broad. It's pretty broad. But to get down on a more granular granular level, um, it, it honestly is. So there's a Together app. It's called Together mm-hmm. that Bright Peak does where both uh, the couples, um, husband, wife, um, they go in, they create these profiles. And the profile um, we partner with eHarmony on, on mm-hmm. these assessments that really help you unpack your love and money story. So mm-hmm. you plug in things about how your parents viewed money. Are you a spender or savior? Wow. saver? How do you feel about money? And what it does is it starts to pinpoint the possible tension points in your marriage or in your relationship around money. So, mm-hmm. you know, for, for me, like Sam is such a free spender and not to the point where it's like crazy, but I have a poverty mindset because mm-hmm. I grew up 
um, in a you know environment where my dad made us feel like we didn't have enough mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And so Sam, you know, will buy five chugs of like jugs of juice from the store, and I'm like freaking out. I'm like, we don't really need five. We could probably just get two. <laughs> Yes. We don't really need five. Are we overspending? Like, like <laughs> no, it makes sense. It's efficient. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so yeah. nervous. But it helps you to really hone in on those things and why you even react that way. And it, the reason why they call it love and money is because the more you get to understand your spouse and their tensions around money and their yeah. behavior around money and maybe the cultures that reflected their money, you start to love them better too. Yeah. And so it's just cool. I, I have th- chills right now. I, I, it's a really cool thing. I think we. I think my husband and I might want to need to do that. <laughs> it's so cool. Free platform. Together yeah. is totally free. Oh. You can hop in. It walks you through so many different challenges. John Acuff has a devotional in there. Sam mm-hmm. and I did a devotional in it. Totally free. Yeah. So it's so cool. Bright Peak Financial. That's awesome. Uh, I know that when I was in college, I was very meticulous about money. I knew I didn't have a lot. I yeah. worked three jobs. I was going to yeah. college. And That's I was. Me and you. But I met my husband and he was, <laughs> he's even more. Oh. Like, he will not He will not money. spend money. And I'm like, we need air filters. We have you know, to get I mean, <laughs> But it's you like know. this, like, ten, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, emotional, it's psychological, it's behavioral. It's yes. like, you know, I know we need it, but the thought of spending it. Yeah. And it I think that's what's crazy yeah. is I think of myself as spendthrift, like not spending a lot, yeah. but I spend more than he does. And I'm sure he thinks, oh my God, oh my goodness, she's you know. just making it rain. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the person that, um. If I see something that has value, I'd rather spend a little bit more on something that will last than spending money yeah. on something. No, that's you're totally saying up. Yeah. Um. So you know. I'm Clayton. Yeah. You, Sam is. You guys are the yeah. same. He's the same way, and he justifies it for the kingdom too. So he's yeah. like, "What can I do?" Well, when oh people used to give my kids Dollar Tree toys and they oh, tore yeah. up before, like the first time that's they right. It's like, I'm well, like, we have to get another one. Now it's in a dump. Yeah. Like making trash in the landfill. Yeah. That's not good. That's a great so, way to look at it. I don't know. It. That's great. That's Listen, like, I love it. That's my brain. But um, I'm excited about yeah. a project you've been working on with Sandra Stanley mm-hmm. called The Breathing Room. So yes. will you talk a little bit about that? Man, so back in October of 2017, um, it was really cool. So I got an email from North Point Ministries, North Point Resources, um, and they were saying, hey, Sandra's getting ready to come out with a devotional. We would love for you to be a part of the launch team. And so it was incredible. So it was this brunch. Um, they invited uh, women from all of six of our campuses, groups directors, women's groups directors, um, small group leaders, uh, communicators, hosts, et cetera, et cetera. And we sat there and we got an opportunity to hear the heart behind Breathing Room and why Sandra created it. And she told this really cool story about how it was supposed to actually be released a year and a half ago, but um, Andy and her got a foster daughter, which was incredible. She was working on our foster care ministry within North Point um, and her kids were going off to college and then lots of transitions were happening and she didn't have Breathing Room yeah. for Breathing Room. <laughs> Too much. Right, right. So she waited a year and a half. She heard God saying, not now, not now, not now. And then... Um, as she was praying one day, she said, okay, it's time. And so the, the team started to film uh, different video, video resources, um, started to print the 28-day devotional, got the app set up. And in October, she launched it to this select group of women. And I left there and I said, man, I I want to help. My Enneagram, if any of you know that about the Enneagram test, I'm a helper. I'm a number two. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to come alongside the leader. And I'm a number two in all the different ways. I'm not mm-hmm. a number one. I'm a number two. I like to help. I want to encourage. I'm a cheerleader at heart. Mm-hmm. And so I started praying. And to my surprise, the Lord was like, 
I've actually been transitioning your heart to women's ministry. And I've been in youth ministry for so long, middle school, high school. I do believe that God's going to keep me in that, that space, but he's adding on this mm-hmm. other layer of women's ministry. And, you know, I thought what better way to go into the women's ministry than supporting another woman in her dreams. It yeah. just was like so perfect. And so I sat down with their team and I, and I said, as a bridge builder here at North Point, my husband and I were both African-American what can I do to leverage my influence here at North Point for minorities that may not get to experience this? Because I just knew that everything was going to be so amazing. And so me and the team sat down uh, with Sandra and I said, okay, what, what do you want to do? Like, we actually, we want to do this. And I remember the North Point Resources team when I told them this idea of let's go serve women that don't look like you guys, yeah. I mean, the whole room was filled with tears. Wow. They said, we would not want to be a part of anything greater than this. Wow. They said, we want to serve women. We, we'll do whatever it takes. We'll put our resources in it. And that for me, just like, I don't know. I have the chills right now just yeah. thinking about that's the heart behind North Point. That's that's what you get. It's that's when you so bring up, you know, a thing to them, they put a heartbeat on it and they chase after it. And mm. so- and they probably were waiting for you to say that. Right. And I was not because prepared. Because you can't, because honestly, like, here's the thing. I don't, I feel like you can't go to someone who's African-American woman or mm-hmm. man and say, look, I need you to carry this mantle for yeah. us because we need to reach the minority unless right. you feel like that's your, right. your calling. Because Absolutely. then they're carrying a burden that they don't have a, have a calling yeah. or passion There's no for. passion, right. Yeah. And right. it's not really fair to do that. Yeah. Um, and so Absolutely. they were probably... They're like, yes, like, yes, do it. Going crazy when you I mean, they I did, do it. they did. And I was, I'm going to be honest with you, I left out of the meeting, I was on fire, and then I got scared. Yeah. yeah. And what did I, I was just like, do? I didn't, I, I did not contact them back. It was probably like three weeks. I was like, no, it's the holidays. They're not going to remember. It's December, blah, blah. Then they emailed me. They're like, hey, when are you ready to meet? I'm like, oh, they remembered. No. Because mm. I was so fearful. I mean, it's just a, such a new space. I've been comfortable in ministry. I'd gotten really comfortable. And so January hit and I was like, I guess I really got to do this. And so I, uh, we put some marketing materials together. We decided to do it very intimately. We had 50 women. We wanted to make sure that it was there, no women there. The 50 women uh, actually attended North Point mm-hmm. and we wanted 70% minorities. And end of January came and we had 25 women on a waiting list. Wow. Um, and we did it at the Atlanta Brave Stadium. We did. T- we chose Tuesday nights. I chose um, five group leaders, small five small group leaders that had never led before to lead ten women, and it was phenomenal. That's North so Point great. did all the aesthetics and the environment. They brought all the breathing room material, pillows, fur stuff, succulents, which I did not know. Yes. The succulent was actually People shout out to my succulents. white friends. Yeah. Okay, I didn't even know what a succulent was. I mean, you don't was. even hardly have to do anything to I a succulent. I was like, is that an appetizer? What is a succulent? And I do also, have a friend who what? is Australian. I didn't and know. She was given a fake succulent, but no. she didn't know it was she fake. She started watering that thing. She was watering <laughs> it, and then, and then she realized it was fake. Listen, because you don't really have you to don't water. really know what's yeah. happening. Okay, <laughs> and also. North Point introduced me to my white friends over at North Point Resources. <laughs> Shout out to Katie. Um, introduced me to a charcuterie board. Mm. You know what that is? No. Is it like a cold plate? Yes, with all the cold? meats and the cheese. Uh, I yeah. said, oh, this is like a big Lunchable. I yeah. get it. I think I knew what it was, but I just didn't but know. You, how, I know I that word, yeah. charcuterie. <laughs> so I learned that during this process, and it was beautiful. Mm. We ended up having 
such a wide variety of women. I mean, it was, there were black women there, there were white women, there were Hispanics, there were Asians, there was college students that were still in college on campus wow. up to a 67 year old who has a grown daughter. I mean, and the groups were mixed and they learned and they grew and we cried like crazy <laughs> and we prayed. Yeah. I mean, I, week two, we all gathered in a big circle and just prayed over each other and we cried and we mm -hmm. shared and it was just so good. And so from that, I was like, okay, God, I'm done. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah. I'm going to go back into my shell now. God was like, no, we, you can do this with other women. There are mm -hmm. other women who need this. And the feedback from it was just so good. And so now we are on a journey of taking this thing on the road. Yeah. And all the churches that Sam and I are connected to saying, hey, do you want to do a breathing room night? Do you want to take your women through this four-week study? Let's do it. We'll bring it to you. And so our strategic partners over at North Point have been very supportive of it to give us a bigger platform to do it outside of North Point. Okay. So um, we had Southside Church down in Peachtree City. Mm -hmm. host 1200 women it was incredible for a breathing room night um sandra is up in rock city right now if i'm not mistaken where they purchased one of our strategic partners purchased every woman in their church a breathing room devotional wow every single one of them thousands and thousands and thousands yeah because i think that churches will invest in women oh, yeah if they know how to invest in women absolutely and and if the resource is good i mean if we're just yeah. gonna be honest yeah this is a great resource this is a 28-day devotional with mugs and all sorts of little trinkets but also an app that walks you through it so if you mm. buy the devotional on your own you can download this free app and go through it yourself or yeah, start or a, a small group, group yourself or, or it's yeah. just it's incredibly resourceful, and if I were just to peel back the layers, it is led by a woman who has, I'm going to cry right now, I'm going to cry, who has such an incredible heart for people. Yeah. We, you know, we tell Andy and Sandra all the time, you guys changed our lives. Yeah. I just don't even know where I would be right now if it weren't for the sacrifice of Sandra and Andy Stanley. Mm. Like... Um, and so it's just great. And I'm on board. I'm like, whatever y'all need, I don't want to be paid. I just want to, to be a part. Um, and so it's been cool. So if we are going to transition into ministering to women, I know you've yes. moved a little bit from students to women. And yes. honestly, I have too. Yeah. Um, I speak for students also mm -hmm. yeah. a lot, but, um, and the more of the women during the year and then yeah. in the summer, it's like students. Who students, students. Me yeah. too. Me too. Yeah. Which is great. But, um, there's different challenges with women. And I wrote a blog not too long ago. I was like, it was a blog for moms. And I said, I really want to write a blog for moms. But here's the thing. I hope that this blog means something to you. But there's a million different kinds of moms. There's yeah, a million different kinds sure. of husbands. There's a million sure. different kinds of kids. Yeah. There's a different million different kinds of families. So yeah. I'm going to write this. And I hope it speaks to you. You know, like, yeah, because we're all so different. For sure. And we all have different journeys. But we all have different life situations. Yeah. And... And so it's challenging to minister to women. Oh, my goodness. Um, but what would you say? Let's start with how Sandra has ministered to you. Oh, man. Um, what would you say is like the primary? Oh, yeah, the primary way she has spoken to you or ministered um, to you. I, one of the, the most powerful traits of leadership, I think, is being able to lead um, people well and influence them without even saying a word, mm -hmm. but just living it out. And Sandra does that so gracefully. Um, the way that she has supported Andy over the years and created a pathway of her own mm -hmm. through foster care and adoption, the way that she so gracefully sacrificed 
uh, to be home. And some of it really, it's not even a sacrifice, but shows the lifestyle of a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. Um, and the way that she has said, has been obedient to God in moments like with breathing room and said, God, I really want to put this out for women. What about all the women that need it in the world? But has yielded to her personal life and family and said no, when she could have said yes to, to get platform. Mm -hmm. Um, and the way that she is so humble, she has this confident humility about her that Jeff Henderson speaks on all the time. One of our campus pastors it's, is going into the gray area of the pendulum between confidence and humility, humility. She just does that so well. And she does it without having to say it. Mm. Um, she is not, you, you probably won't find Sandra, you know, doing a 30 to 45 minute talk on a Sunday morning, but she will sit down with you and share with you her experiences. And she will, um, laugh at herself and be free with her flaws. Mm. Um, but really just being herself and being, and letting people into her space to experience, the ways that she leads the best in her own personal life. Mm-hmm. That's been really cool. <laughs> I think that I resonate a little bit with um, putting thing, putting myself on the shelf, if that's what so, yeah, you want to call it. Put yourself on the shelf. I we'll know. Here we go. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like uh, that's one of the points in my book. So it oh, like, yes! comes out really easy. Let it flow. Um, but I've had to, I've had to do that a lot yeah. just in different stages of my life. Yeah. And then you wonder – I've just had a lot of people say, Shar, you have so much potential. Yeah. Oh, Don't yeah. waste it away. Oh, my goodness. Blah, blah, blah. And, and so it's hard when you feel like the biggest thing in your life is your kids and you want to do mm-hmm. that well. And yeah. I, I felt that because I want to do my kids well. I yeah. want to do my family well. I want to do my husband well. Those are the biggest things and if I don't do those well I feel like the fruit from everything else won't really matter in the end absolutely and so I respect that you said that about her and um I I think we need honestly more leaders like that and it's hard it's tempting when you're looking at social media and other people who are like zooming and you're thinking to yourself Mm -hmm. if I just worked more if I just comparison cut my yeah Mm -hmm. or if I just cut my kids out of my life or I just you know know. let them just sit uh, in the room for a little while you know (laughs) they're just a bother you know um yeah but I will say this and you have a four-year-old and my kids are older and I feel like I gave some of my best years to them and I don't regret it oh I don't I love it um my 15-year-old the other day was sitting with me and he goes mom I, I know you guys keep asking us if asking me if I like a girl and I just want you to know like I'm not interested in girls right now. He said, I don't even know what I would do with a girlfriend if I had one. I'm not grown up enough for that. Oh. And I just feel like I have other things I want to pursue. And I was just sitting there with my mouth open saying, yep. You're more mature than I was at right. your age. And I'm just so thankful. Yeah. And then when he leaves the room, you're like shouting, Yes, Jesus. <laughs> my husband delayed and I were like, gratification. <laughs> he left and Clayton and I were like, Yeah. Hallelujah. We have the best son ever. We but anyway, keep praying for him because we just hit 15. Um, but That's all that so to good. say, I think the Lord's been faithful. And when you yeah. see that, like it's that worth fruit. it. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Um, what would you say your biggest challenge ministering to other women has been? Um, feeling, uh, I, look, it was about to come right out of me, but I guess I can kind of like grace it a little bit. I was about to say it, but feeling like I'm not enough. Mm. Um, I'm 26. I'm young. Um, that age alone, I think just intimidates me when I get in front of women who are twice my age or have more wisdom than I do. Um, and I battle with that so much. I'm like, well, I don't really know much. Mm-hmm. Um, until more recently I am you know, doing my life plan, which if you haven't done a life plan, go do that thing. Sit down mm-hmm. with someone with a life coach. 
Um, and I look back on my life and for the, I mean, goodness gracious, I could go on and on about my story, but I left, you know, I, I left the house at 16. I didn't have an opportunity to really be raised. I raised my mom, mm. um, you know, for lack of better words, she was really sick. My dad was always working. So from the third grade. And so that's just been something really hard to overcome. But what has empowered me is just story, just thinking about my story, thinking about my journey and allowing God's his power to come through me has been really cool, but gosh, it is just difficult. That is, I mean, every time I walk on a stage, every time I think about speaking to women, I just get so intimidated. I, there was a time where I didn't even want to be around women. Yeah. I hosted a, this was maybe about four years ago. It was kind of like the first, when I first, when God first started telling me, hey, I'm putting you in front of women, you gotta get yourself together, girl. <laughs> um, I hosted an eight city women's tour for two years. Uh-huh. I, I mean, nausea, even like in the planning meetings, I'm like, oh, it's going to be so weird. I mean, I was awkward, like yeah. eighth grade boy at the dance, awkward. Like, mm -hmm. mm, what do I say? What, do I, what don't I say? I grew up around my three older brothers. My mom was really sick. I grew up with really a father only, mm -hmm. so I was a little tomboyish. Yeah, I'm like that too. Oh, I man. Feel a I look bit. crazy all the time. Yeah. I just started wearing makeup two years ago, okay? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I remember I was at this forum one time about makeup, trying to learn about it, and I'm the person in the room that asked, do you really have to wear makeup? Yeah. The lady's like, well, you want to look a little polished. I'm like, okay, let me be quiet. Yeah. Um, but I just... I'm just, you know, you just don't see yourself as fit, you know? Yeah. And even though God's whispering in your ear and saying, you're enough, you're enough, you're enough. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm not. Look I've had me, so you know? many times I've spoken and there are women who are older than me in the audience and I see them oh, and I'm thinking, what do worst. I have to offer you? Yeah. And the crazy thing is after it's over, they come up I and know. encourage you. Oh, yep. honey, I hadn't thought about that in a while or right. something. Or anything. You know. Well, I've never, yeah. I've never thought about that at all. At all. Yeah. And God used you, mm -hmm. a girl three times less, you know, than my age yep. to speak that to me. And you're like, oh. It's so important. Yeah. It's so, so important. Enoughness. Um, what have you learned? Uh, what has been as an experience that has stretched you the most? <laughs> and it doesn't have to be the most. I always say the most. Oh, no, and no, I feel some. like that's intimidating. But what did you learn about yourself in that stretching yeah. time? Um, I, can I say two things? Sure, yeah. This is okay, I think like they're like neck and neck. Yes. Um, I was married before. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you knew that. Mm -mm. So I was married before, got a divorce, um, but had Dylan mm -hmm. in that marriage. And I was young. I was 19 years old, unsaved, not going to church doing things I shouldn't have done, did not consult God at all. Um, he really wasn't even, I'm like, well, okay, God, what's mm -hmm. up? How you doing? Um, going through a marriage without God mm. stretched me tremendously because in so many different ways. I, as I said, you know, my mom was very sick growing up. My dad worked so much. Um, I was, you know, just, I kind of raised myself. Yeah. And from the, the kind of missing piece with my dad, I had validation issues. I needed to be validated. And the easiest way I think for women to be validated is by men. Yeah. Because they're right there hungry waiting for you at the door. Okay. Yeah. And women right aren't kind of like, they're going to challenge you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Women, they're like, girl, what you doing? But yeah. guys like, come on, let me love you. Let me <laughs> yeah. pretend to love you. Um, so I sought validation so much. And I didn't know that I had a heavenly father that was also waiting at the door for me. Mm. And so... In my first marriage, you know, I got with someone who I did not consult God on and what it taught me in, in reverse, which is amazing, but it, being married to Sam taught me what true love looked like mm. because it was through the lens of my heavenly father. 
And so without it, it really taught me to seek it in my second marriage. Um, and so that was an experience in itself. Then the second thing that has stretched me is currently stretching me <laughs> and will probably stretch me for the rest of my life is raising my three and a half year old yes. blessing <laughs> in more ways than you would probably even guess. Dylan has taught me so much. Um, one of the things that raising Dylan surfaced up that I didn't know and went to counseling for was um, the not having you know a mom that was healthy and could mother me and nurture me. Mm. Um, and that also um, being something that I lacked, which was nurturing. I just didn't know how to. I was really raised by a man. Mm -hmm. um, and so in raising her, I became a more loving person because wow. she needed it. Yeah. It's not like a girlfriend that's your age or a man that's tough. It's a little bitty human who needs you to love on them. Yeah. And, and you have to learn. Yeah. You have to learn how to love I didn't them. even know. Yep. I'm like militant mom, you know? Yeah. I think like, we have the same, um, I don't, we don't have the exact same story. Yeah. But I would say that I was in and out of families yeah. and I was a very responsible Yo, daughter. Yeah. And so yeah. my mom worked a lot yeah. and was at work a lot. Yeah. And so I took care of my brother. I just wow. knew it was my responsibility. And then I tried to take care of our house because I, my mom was always gone. Yeah. So Fridays I came home and I cleaned the house Absolutely. and I did everybody's laundry yeah. and I was just highly responsible yeah. because I felt like that's what I needed to do to make our family work. Absolutely. And so I would agree with you. I, I was very good at tasks. And so when I oh, first yeah. had executing. My, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I actually had postpartum after I had my kids because oh, yeah. I did not feel that I looked at all these other moms that were like, oh, loving this. Yeah. And I'm I was like, like, not loving this. Right. What's wrong with me? What is happening? Yeah. But um, so I get it. Yeah. I mean, so she's taught me how to nurture, how to love more, which helps me in ministry. Um, I would say patience, but that one's too cliche. Moms out there, you already know. Okay, yeah. patience. Yeah. Um, but also, what's been so cool about Dylan, and this, it was funny, is it's the message that I'm bringing on the road that I feel like the Lord has given me to women, is this, um, this, this quick story. Dylan was at school and her teacher just told me how much she just loved coloring. I mean, it was just her thing. She's like, oh, she's just coloring all day. That's all she wants to do. So being an ambitious mom, I'm like, oh, great. She's going to be the next Picasso. She's <laughs> going to take her mom to Paris. We're doing this thing yeah. at two years old. So I left school. I got her like all the coloring books. I got the easel and the little like art set and like the 64 box of crayons. I mean, I really went in. Mm -hmm. And put her in the living room. I let her. I have. I gave her the whole box of, the, of crayons, all the sixty-four with all the little mini packs, which yeah. moms are already cringing right now listening to this. <laughs> and I go in the kitchen. I'm cooking, and you know, moms, you know this too. It's like this quiet that comes, and you're like, mm, great. Someone probably doesn't Something's have an arm anymore. Wrong. Great. Yeah. And so I go back in the living room, and it's literally like crayons everywhere, y'all. She stripped these crayons of their dignity. All their little clothes are off on the floor. The, there's like a painting on my wall. It's just like black, 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 purple, purple, purple. And I am, and Dylan is sitting there with this little frozen coloring book, like 
with her little feet up, like nothing even happened like, at all. And look, I look, mom, look, mom, look what I did. Like, what's up? And I, I go, I'll go over to her. I'm like, Dylan, why'd you break all your crayons? Like, what happened? She's like, mommy, color. I'm like, great. So in my mind, I'm like, she probably just said, like, yeah, mom, I broke all the colors. So like, she's like, this is my art. This is my art. And plus, yeah, the colors are broken, but they still work. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And so she just had fun. It's like my kids. Yeah. I would try to build them. So I had boys. So I would try to build. <laughs> blocks i would build a tower and jacob would keep knocking it over oh, yeah. and i would get so wrestler. mad because i was like if you would just let me build the tower you would have you a would bigger see. tower to knock over and you could say <laughs> you could see how awesome this tower this is tower is you probably wouldn't knock it over i actually, know right but he didn't want to knock it over but, he wanted um, to just knock it over oh but um so i put her to bed i like got her little life together i'm cleaning the living room and i take a huge pile of like all these broken crayons and I like pull it in. I'm like making a pile so I can hopefully just like scoop them all up. And literally in that moment, I was going through the divorce. The I like broke down so hard and I heard the Lord say, um, even though you're experiencing a, a high level of brokenness right now, I can still use you. Mm. And <laughs> I'm not kidding. That night, I go on Instagram, obviously, scrolling before I go to sleep, mm -hmm. and this graphic pops up, and it says, broken crayon still color. What? I'm not kidding you. And then a couple days later, I had to speak at this FCA. Wow. And I wrote this message about broken crayon still color. That's so good. The Lord gave me um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Uh, my grace is sufficient enough for you for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And I like switched out the word weakness for brokenness. Mm. And for the past year and a half, I've done that message for students, middle school, high school, for women, adults. And it has just been incredible. And I'm currently in the season where I'm fearful to write the book, but I keep, I have to write the book. I just have to. I'm not even yeah. making excuses. But Broken Crayon Still Color, it's been yeah. my thing. And um it's just been amazing, but it all came from my little girl. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yes. It all, like, she is just my rock. She has been what, one of the people, along with my husband, that God has worked through yeah. to make me a better person, and that's... Because she's so close to your heart. Gosh. You know? Yep. So... so. <laughs> Women ministering to women. So yeah. your daughter is ministering to you. To me. So ah, sweet. She's incredible. Well, um, well I want to ask you just a practical thing because yeah. a lot of times I'll have people who want to be in ministry or Absolutely. are in ministry and mm -hmm. they're listening to you. Are there practical steps that you would say that you took? Because we have to get practical sometimes. Oh, yeah, we do. So what are some practical steps that you've taken to kind of build the ministry that you have right now? Um, one of the things that, uh, again, I'm a number two and there may be some number ones out there that's just like, I'm about to do this thing. I would say for my number twos, for the people that's, um, uh, that need vision mm -hmm. to be executed. So I'm not a visionary. I'm an executor. Mm -hmm. I would say get partner yourself with a visionary. Mm -hmm. That's been the biggest thing for me. Fortunately, my husband is yes. a visionary, right? Huge. Yeah. Um, and has a ministry and specializes in helping people find their voice mm -hmm. and find their purpose. So he's been my visionary. He's told me, hey, go do this. Talk to this person. Connect to this ministry, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And I've just executed at a high level, which I would say is the second thing. Mm -hmm. I would say I executed in the corporate space before. I executed um, in college. But executing in ministry is probably, it's always an uphill battle because mm -hmm. we have an enemy, we have an adversary. Right. So I would say, 
Um, if you, you know, really have a passion and the Lord has put on your heart to excel in ministry, just know that you're going to have to put your big girl pants on. Yeah. Like it, it is a, an uphill battle. But my second thing would be execute at a high level, mm-hmm. stay consistent, stay persistent, um, and fight because it is a fight, you yeah. know, because we have an adversary. So those are some big things. Um, I would say if, if I can get even more practical, um, connect with the local church. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that sometimes we, um, I, I, you know, I see women all the time. It's just like, oh, I'm starting my ministry. I'm on my own. I'm doing my own thing. But I think there's just so much power in community. And I think that if you want to serve the big C church, then you got to get with the little C church, the local yeah. church. Um, because they're, you know, they're the hands and feet, you know, they're of a huge vehicle and I'm not saying there's not other hands and feet and I'm not just talking about the local church, but local organizations, nonprofit organizations that's Mm -hmm. already doing things. Partnerships is just huge for Sam and I, I, Sam and I have, we have not created anything without a partnership. Mm -hmm. All of our success can be traced back and attributed to something, someone, an organization. Right. So partnership is huge for us. Um, and then I would say the, the last thing, if we're going to get practical is protect your brand. Um, a lot of people say this may be a little controversial, but you know, I hear build a brand, build a brand, build a brand, build a brand. But I believe in ministry and in being a public figure, which I say in quotation marks, you know, mm-hmm. public figure, whatever. Um, you are a brand. Mm-hmm. You represent the power and grace and love and mercy of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That is who we are in ministry. And I think that when everybody talks about, you know, go find followers and do strategies. And I, I used to do social media management for Mm -hmm. a local church and I loved it, but I'm telling you when I put God first, he brings the followers. Yeah. He brings, makes the connections. Women come into my life all the time. I work with, I love working with women. I have like males, but if I can find a woman videographer or photographer, I'm going for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, the girl that does my website, um, she's a woman. She's powerful. She's a, she's a minority as well. Um, but the Lord has sent all that to me mm. because I've been or I've tr- tried to be diligent about protecting the influence mm. because the influence that we're protecting is the love of Jesus Christ. And that's something worth protecting. And so yeah. I would say really focus on instead of building my brand and doing all those different things and you have to work. Remember, execution was the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say focus on protecting that calling, yeah. you know, by I making think, good decisions. So I think I see a lot of women who want to start a ministry, but they don't really know who they are yet right? or what really they're going to do. Yeah. And so I think that the first, the first thing that I say is like, really know who you there are. There it is. There it is. Because or you'll you find it. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't really minister to people if you don't know who you Absolutely. are. They don't know what they're receiving. No. And so they don't know what you have to offer. Right. And so I think I love that. I think that that's a yeah. huge characteristic. I would also say go to counseling. Let me just slide yeah. that in there real quick. Counseling I've been in counseling for huge. the past two years. Started off weekly, been through EMDR, trauma treatment. I mean, I will shout counseling from the rooftops. Mm-hmm. Go. I think every Christian leader, and this is a bold statement, but I'm gonna say it. Mm-hmm. I think every Christian leader should be in some form of counseling right. for whatever that looks like in your life. Because, oh man, Buckhead Church, so sorry, I'm like sidebar really quickly. Buckhead Church, I went. Uh, we were there yesterday for Mother's Day. Rodney Anderson, who's their singles director, did this incredible talk on growth. Mm-hmm. And he talked about growth and paralleled it to just floating around in the ocean. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we... You know, when we're floating around the ocean, if we don't move, we regress. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't, our lives in the way that we are wired and set up as imperfect human beings, we don't progress naturally. Mm-hmm. We regress. And so being intentional about your growth 
is what's needed to get to the next level. Because even if you stay stagnant, you're going to regress. You're mm-hmm. not going to progress. You're just not because our because it's our human nature. Yeah. So go to counseling, please. Just go. Yep. Just go. I agree. <laughs> and if you're looking for counseling, every fifth episode of uh, Overcoming Monday, I do it with some of our best friends from Hope Town. There it is. Um, Ashley and Zach Dixon. Listen. So they are they do online counseling and they're also local in Anderson if you want that. But they'll there they're, it is. They're amazing. So if yeah. you're looking for a resource, they're great. And you can find their information on my website. And as we're talking about yes. websites, Tony, uh, will you um, close this out and uh, first tell us um, okay. what characteristic of God is hitting you right now? Like what thing about the Lord that you're learning? Ooh. And then go ahead and let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Okay, cool. I'll try to make this quick. Um, my husband uh, said on our last pa- podcast recording, him and I both were in a predominantly African-American church. Mm-hmm. One of the stigmas or tensions with the African-American church is the idea of fear-based leadership versus relational leadership. Mm-hmm. We want to practice religion and not have deep, intentional relationship with God. And it comes from a place of just fear um, for so many things. I can go down history, 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 but fear. I mean, African-Americans, a lot of our um, issues or trauma today is based out of a place of fear. Won't go down that road. Yep. But when I transitioned from a predominantly African-American church to North Point, which is not predominantly African-American, yeah. um, there was this idea that I could never please God enough and that I even had to please God, that if I didn't give enough, he was going to punish me, mm-hmm. that if I didn't pursue the dreams, he was going to give it to someone else. There was this fear of him. If I missed one morning of quiet time that he was looking down at me, pointing at me and saying, how dare you? Mm-hmm. One of the things that has just, I, I, I just feel chains breaking off of my heart for God is that in all actuality, he is like waiting for us mm-hmm. saying, hey, whenever you're ready, mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm- yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's like the um, prodigal son coming home and, you know, his dad doesn't just sit on the porch and wait for him. Yeah. His dad runs out and the, in Jewish culture, that son could have been killed by yep. any of the villagers because yep. what he did to his dad was punishable by death. Yeah. So the dad knew that. So he runs the son. And I think that when we are wow. afraid, I mean, can you imagine how afraid that son was? Man, to come To back. come home. Yep. To a town that he said, I don't need you anymore, yep. town. I don't love you, dad. Um, yep. I wish you were dead. Yeah. And and then he comes back because he has nothing else. And instead of like pointing the finger, yep. getting mad, getting stoned to death, yep. his dad hugs him and saves him from anyone else. And throws him a party. Yes. So yes, that has been the thing. I just, just knowing that God's like planning a party for us. So good. So Ooh. good. I love it. Oh, wait. What was I supposed to do? I got uh, distracted. Um, okay, website. You're awesome. Yeah, tell, us, <laughs> tell everybody how um, they can connect with you. Absolutely. Um, or maybe a, even bring in the breathing room. Oh, no, I'm going to tell both. I'm going to tell both. So for breathing room, if you'd like to just go and read on that resource, um, it's breathingroom.org. And you can learn about Sandra there and all the amazing things that she's doing. You can you know purchase a devotional if you want one. Um, but you can even just download the free app, which is called Breathing Room. It's a cute little turquoise app. We did blush pink and turquoise. Mm-hmm. 
so girly. I love it. Um, and download it. Watch the videos. There's a really funny opening video that will just like send you away. Okay. Like, um, so you can visit that. If you'd like to, you know, connect with me personally, my website's TonyJCollier.com. T-O-N-I-J-C-O-L-L-I-E-R.com. Um, I manage and run all of my stuff. I have someone that kind of does project management for, for me, but I'm a personable person. I love relational leadership. And so if you want to connect with me on social media, I'm on like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, all that, Tony J. Collier. Feel free to send me a DM. I love it. I'm. What's funny is after we leave here, I'm FaceTiming a woman that just DM'd me on Instagram because she's like, I want to do ministry. And I'm like, Yay. okay, girl, let's do this. Yeah. Call me. So I love it. Feel free to connect. And yeah, okay, that's it. Yay. So... Ladies, I'm so glad that you joined us today for Overcoming Monday with Tony Collier. Mm -hmm. And um, she is so inspiring to me. And if you guys are ever in the Atlanta area or if you hear about Breathing Room, you need to go so you can go. see her. And I know that you've found some things to overcome your Monday today. I hope you found a little secret for your big breakthrough. And I can't wait to talk to you next time. Whoop. We're thankful you chose to listen to Overcoming Monday, a production of Clayton King Ministries. I want to share with you a statement that rings true throughout our ministry. It's this, disciples aren't mass produced, they're handcrafted. We want to invite you to join us at the Crossroads Coaching Network in 2019 to experience that for yourself. This network is split into two two-day sessions, one in March and one in September. During these sessions, you'll get to explore the spiritual and practical issues involved with being in ministry leadership, build a support group who will be part of your life and ministry for years to come, and finally learn from Clayton and Shari King, as well as other Clayton King ministry staff members, on what it means to live out your calling with character, integrity, and faithfulness. Please visit CrossroadsCoachingNetwork.com for more information and to apply. This podcast happens because of you. There are three ways you can help us reach even more people. Be sure to share us with your friends and follow Shari on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at ShariKing99. You can also make a tax-deductible donation to CKM, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry at ClaytonKing.com slash give. And of course, subscribe. And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, check out her blog at ShariKing.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope we've given you something to help overcome this Monday.